It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. All right, we're back. Playground rules on the other side of Christmas. You're listening to uh, probably a top 100 basketball podcast featuring me, Herb, and my very good friend, Arik. You think we make the top 100? That's perhaps generous. I, you know, I don't think we're flattering ourselves, Arik. I think this is just like hard-hitting, <laughs> riveting basketball analysis. Well, welcome back from your snow journey. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to have you back uh, in the same time zone. It's nice to be back in this time zone. I, I had a wonderful time. I always uh, really enjoy seeing my family. Um, but, man, it's cold in New England, and uh, it got even colder after I left, so I'm sort of glad to be missing that. Yeah, I do want to thank you for uh, your um, Christmas gift to me, which was that photo of your brother uh, blowing <laughs> snow, which was so good. Which he posted to his own Instagram, so I feel like he's proud of that, but I just found it hilarious. He's proud of it, yeah. Just, just to catch up our listeners, uh, my... my youngest brother we did like a secret santa with my brothers and my sister-in-laws and uh my youngest brother got my twin brother and he doesn't really follow sports at all um he doesn't really care about them but he knows that martin loves uh the patriots so he got him this uh pretty garish onesie i mean it's it's amazing (laughs) and he loved it but it's like yeah it is like a give up on life (laughs) onesie it's got like a poop flap I feel like it should have come with many, many cats. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. amazing. <laughs> it has a, yeah, it's it's beautiful. And uh, he posted a photo of himself uh, with a snowblower getting to work. He's got a very intense look of cos- concentration on his face. His, stung, his tongue is sticking out a la Michael Jordan. It's a, it's a wonderful image. It is special. Yeah. I really... Did you, did you have a nice holiday? Uh, well, you know, yes. I'm yes, aware of I your... Did. Judaism, but I, but I know you're, uh, <laughs> your fiance celebrates, and you did participate in in celebrations, right? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, um, my fiance is from Germany, so they do it the night before. I think we maybe we touched mm-hmm. on this in the last episode, but so um, that was that was really fun. We uh, just went over and uh, you know her sister's house where they have a, a two year old. So we, you know, that, that was a lot of fun. And um, are, you, are you there? You cut out the for a second. They have a two year old. Oh. They have a two-year-old. Yeah, am I here? Am I here? Yeah. I can hear you now, but okay. you did cut out for one second. I'm... Oh. It's a long story. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, they have a two-year-old, and so it's a lot of fun. I think it's more fun to do a holiday like that with gifts for a child. Mm-hmm. You know, she was super excited and, you know, opening all these gifts and stuff. I mean, they, they don't go too crazy on the gifts. It was very reasonable. But we did that, had dinner, walked around. It was nice. What, I what like, did you get the two-year-old? Uh, well, I got her a bunch of Hanukkah presents. Oh, that's really boring. <laughs> that's not boring. She came over and we did Hanukkah here, so she had like eight days of presents. Did you give her a dreidel? I did. I bought her a dreidel, but did not end up giving it to her. I gave her uh, some coloring books, some crayons, uh, a book, you know, stuff a two-year-old would want. Sure, yeah. yeah. Kids love that stuff. They do. She was very interested. She really likes Hanukkah a lot, which is, you know, all part of my plan. No, not really. <laughs> um, but it was, she really likes holidays. Holidays are fun. And uh, But I am, I'm kind of excited that, well, I'm both excited and, and terrified that the, that the new year is almost here. Yeah, let's hope, uh, let's hope it's a good one. I, I think we're due for a good year. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the year where I, you know, my sabbatical will end, so. Oh, right. You got to get a job. I got to get a job, yeah. I think I well, might hit up our mutual friend about that. Yeah, you should, man. You're a smart guy. You'll you'll find something. Oh, yeah. It's just like doing it. You know what I mean? After a while, you get used to the life of slovenly excess. Oh, believe me. I've, I've, I've only been off for a week, and I have to work tonight, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. I'm we're really, we're like, the worst, everybody. We're not. Yeah, we're, we're just lazy, entitled. <laughs> <laughs> entitled, awful people. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's true. So we have a huge list of... Um, uh, not a huge list. We have a list of topics, but you don't want to talk about any of them because you're a jerk. Well, I was under the impression that we were going to do kind of just like a end of the year, uh, more general discussion about uh, the NBA. Which I think is one, a good idea. Yeah, that'd be fun, right? Yeah. I'm not prepared to go over all these stories, but we can. Um, no, and no, if there's no. anything you want to touch on, that's fine. I 
think the hot story that we should maybe talk about, um, just to get it out of the way, is uh, Kyrie Irving's incredible new Nike commercial. Uh, <laughs> that commercial is, is legitimately incredible. It's so good. I really recommend people check it out. Even if you don't like Kyrie. Um, well, I mean, if you don't like Kyrie, you're just going to think it's annoying. But it's uh, it's pretty charming. It's got it is Rock my Rock second Kowski. favorite. It's my second favorite NBA commercial airing right now. Behind? The Paul Pierce one. Oh, yes, the Uber Paul Pierce one. Did you get to see it finally? I watched it on my phone, and I need to just like sit down and watch it, because I, was, I, was, I, I, didn't, I didn't give it my 100% attention, so I do need to watch it. It is incredible. He keeps so, it at uh, 100. The uh, Kyrie uh, commercial aired on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was a hard-fought battle, but I got my family, who, uh, my, Martin, as you know, really likes basketball, my twin brother, but the rest of my family is kind of, like, mixed on it. Uh, my other brother that likes sports um, follows the Celtics. Uh, you know, we he watched the Houston game, and we were texting during that, which was a lot of fun. Um, but my dad really doesn't care about it. My dad is one of those people who thinks that, like, basketball, they should just play the last two minutes because nothing matters before that. <laughs> And he generally says they need to be hitting more of their shots. Like he, he can't stand it when players miss baskets. So in a league, <laughs> in a league where the very best players still miss about half their shots, it drives him crazy. And he, yeah. uh, he, you know, he says they're making millions of dollars. How do they miss all these shots? You know. But uh, <laughs> I'm picturing that in your dad's accent, by the way, which is making it even better. It's pretty funny. Um, so we're, you know. Uh, Patriots are still number one mass. When I was in mass, every in the airport, on the streets, you just see tons of people in Patriots gear. Um, and the Celtics are kind of slightly catching up to that. I, they they won't while while Brady is still there, while Belichick is still there. Uh, the the Patriots will be number one um, in the area. There's just so much success and and so much pride uh, locally around that team. But uh, you know, my dad watches a lot of. Uh, sports talk and listens to a lot of radio so i was shocked when we sat down and this commercial came up and i said oh my god this is so exciting it's Kyrie." my dad goes who's that he's arguably outside of football right now the most famous athlete in boston sports and i i just couldn't believe that he didn't know who he was what did he know who isaiah thomas was um i'm pretty sure he did the last time he was really like aware of those those people was was uh in that big three era uh, and even later on after Ray left and Rondo was kind of becoming the star he was very against the idea of trading Rondo, um, but uh, yeah you know he doesn't really care about basketball and I don't think he enjoyed the commercial as much as I did. <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, it's a it's a really fun commercial but I do think there's a lot of like. Uh, background info perhaps that you need to oh know. it's basically 60 seconds of inside jokes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I, Kyrie Irving man I, that guy has really he's won me over and I don't even I have no particular re, you know he's not on yeah. my team do um, you he's just think a, that he's a funny weird the commercial dude. is sort of a dig at LeBron you think so or at least the first part of it well the the fake you know, the commercial kind of opens up uh, with this sort of red herring intro where it's in black and white and there's some really grim narration. Uh, and it feels very much like uh, a lot of Nike, uh, LeBron's Nike commercials, especially when he left Cleveland the first time. Well, maybe the only time we'll see. Uh, but when he left Cleveland and he had those like, <laughs> what do I what should I do commercials, you know, Um I don't know. It felt like he was kind of poking fun. I guess maybe just more generally at these like really self-important uh, commercials that athletes sometimes do. Yeah, I mean, it could be the Dwayne Wade ad. You know, it could be the Kobe Bryant ad. I mean, there's been a lot of these kinds of like even Allen Iverson going back in the day. Like mm-hmm. a lot of these very dramatic. This dude's a warrior. You know, kind yeah. of things. But I think LeBron does did have something where maybe he quoted Sun Tzu, so maybe that's what it. I, the whole I see thing your point. To me, I mean, I can see how that could have been a. Yeah, I'm I'm being a little bit of a conspiracy theorist here, but you know what? Nah, go for it. That's We're talking we about here. a conspiracy theorist. So, <laughs> um, did you watch any of the uh, Christmas games? Oh yeah, yes, yes, I, I did. I uh, stand very much corrected. It was actually a pretty fun slate of games. 
It um, was, yeah. I watched the middle three, so uh, I did not. So you missed the uh, Sixers Knicks one. I know. Yeah, you were texting oh. me about it, and I it was unfortunately um, not going to happen at my house. But you know, because you were hours ahead of me at that point. Yeah. So it was yeah. a little early. It started here at like nine a.m. Um, it was. I, it was quite good. Yeah, I mean, I was following along near the end, just on my phone. I I, I watched um, I watched the Warriors Cavs game, which was whatevs. Um, I watched that was the, a fun game. It's just a shame that the officiating uh, kind of ruined the ending there. But let's be honest, the same thing happened uh, last year. Um, kind of, it's it was almost the opposite game of last year's game, where the the Cavs kind of stole one from the Warriors and got away with a I don't even remember. was it a no call or whatever like it was that, yeah. yeah. I, but the, some very controversial officiating that people didn't stop complaining about all year. <laughs> what I found really uh, interesting, uh, or what I, I don't think I remember texting you this year, was like how jackassy and unlikable Kevin Durant has really become. And this is a guy that mm-hmm. I have a lot of love for. You know, he was uh, famously, of course, drafted by and played for my Sonics. Um, oh yeah, and and I, I I love the guy in the, a vacuum where I have had a lot of love for him. But man, I mean, he was just like walking into people, barking at the refs. I mean, he just was so unlikable, and the whole team felt, uh, you know, minus my boy Sean Livingston. I will never stop loving Sean Livingston. But <laughs> that team just is so unlikable, and it's not even anymore for me about, you know, you and I kind of have talked at length about how uh, the team has made basketball less interesting to us, and that, mm-hmm. and that's why we don't like the team. But mm-hmm. but this is something different. This year, they they really just feel like. They've they've fully arrived at their super villain. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's like the Miami Heat in reverse, right? It feels like, like Durant is really embracing. Like LeBron, when he was the villain, when he went to the Heat, he clearly didn't like it. He wanted to, he was sort of constantly reminding people, "Hey, I'm LeBron, and I just I just want to play basketball, and I'm a fun guy. Like, there's no reason to paint me as a bad guy." And 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 he he really uh, did not enjoy that label and, and worked pretty hard to kind of uh, uh, dispel that. But with uh, Durant, he's really leaning into it. And it just seems so like, I don't know. I just don't buy it. He just, he, <laughs> he is like, you know, he's scowling and, and he's bumping into people and he's like trying to be kind of like badass. And it's just, I don't know. Well, he's a very, he's, he's a weirdly uh, measured dude. Like he, everything he does, does kind of seem like it has a, a lot of thought in the wrong way put behind it. Like, he's just trying way too hard, it feels like. Um, but, you know, maybe he is just kind of dealing with the fact that for the first time... I don't know. Everyone... I cannot even imagine, to be honest with you, and not to take a cop-out answer, but I cannot even imagine being in a situation like that where where that level of animosity is suddenly uh, a part of my life. I, I, I don't yeah. know. I'm not, I'm not going to claim I would handle it better, but it is sort of fascinating to me to watch him handle it, and I... From the outside, knowing nothing, not knowing how that I not saying I would do any better, he doesn't seem to be doing a great job. To go from being a, a universally uh, beloved player, yeah. you know, um, which he really was, everyone everyone respected him uh, greatly in the OKC yeah. days. To Absolutely. go from that to to you know what he you know the way people perceive him now, that has to be really uh, really. I can't imagine either. I can't imagine going through it. It's uh, it's. It's a pretty severe turn, you know, and it's it's not like I don't really feel bad for him because he he made a choice and he should have uh, I don't know it should have been pretty clear what the consequence of that choice was going to be. But right, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's still it's still early, you know. We're not even halfway through the season. I know it's crazy. What a crazy year! And I to to a certain extent, doing this podcast has been exactly what I hoped it would be. Beyond sort of an excuse to talk to you for a long time every week. Um, now that we don't live down the street from each other. Well, that's flattering and just a little creepy, but oh, mostly flattering. Stop it. <laughs> uh, I was by your 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 abode yesterday, actually, but um, picked up my mail. But um, but anyway, uh, it it is uh, it's it's allowed me to kind of keep more of an eye on the league, even in some of the sort of the doldrum weeks, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which has actually been really fun uh, to just kind of keep an eye. And also, it's given me an excuse to like watch basketball games that otherwise have no real. Like I want to. It is. It is really nice. Like when I'm at home and I'm like, oh, should I watch this game? Like last year, I would have been like, oh, dude, you've watched so many hours of basketball this <laughs> week. Don't don't watch more. And now I'm like, I need to do this for the podcast. Exactly. Like we give <laughs> ourselves some sort of job <laughs> to justify what we wanted to do anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
Um, but yeah, that so the, so there was the the Warriors Cavs games with Cavs game which had yeah just a very strange ending um, that has been talked about to ad nauseum. And yep. then um, after that game, there were still several other really. Uh, to my mind, strong strong games because I really enjoyed the the Wizard Celtics was was really interesting. That was a really fun game. You know, obviously I, I wasn't happy with the way it ended, and uh, but it was still it was still uh, a great game to watch and uh, left me feeling better about the Eastern Conference. You know, because we have had some teams that look strong early on, kind of uh, dip a little bit, like your Detroit's, Milwaukee, Philadelphia has been <coughs> in a real swoon. Well, hey, we still got the best winning percentage in the East, and we uh, just beat Houston. That so. is very true, although I don't know. Houston's kind of in a, They've lost five in a row, Houston. They have lost five that. in a row, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that puts them with the Los Angeles Lakers as the two teams with a losing streak of at least five at the moment. But um, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to go back to this point. Um, okay. Or, in fact, why don't we just go right to this point right now before we go back to the Christmas games. Go uh, back to whatever point you want. Do you think the Celtics are in trouble? They're six and four over the last ten, which is not great, um, but not bad. I don't think that they're in trouble. I think that they're regressing to a little bit closer to the team that they actually are, which is very mm-hmm. good, but not probably not great. I mean, I think that um, you know they've gotten a lot of production out of some very young players early in the season that is unlikely to continue at that level they lost Mm -hmm. arguably their best or second best player opening night that presumably has to have some level of impact they have a great coach they have a great system and they surprised a lot of teams early they will continue to do that i mean they this team is going to get a lot of wins but i don't think that they are let me put it this way they're not the 20 and 3 or whatever juggernaut they were whatever they looked like and they're also not uh, a bad team i think they're i think they will solidly be one of the two or three best teams in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that they're, like, far and away. I mean, their point differential is actually still pretty good. But um, I, I You don't think, think they're a championship contender? Not, I mean, listen. I, no, no, it's okay. They're a get upset. quasi-championship contender. I, I think that it is extremely unlikely to me that anyone's going to beat the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. But mm-hmm. um there are a handful of teams, I would say, really, honestly, not even a handful. There's the Celtics, the Raptors, and maybe that's it, that have a uh, puncher's chance, shall we say, if if something goes awfully wrong. But, I mean, I just don't see it. Like, I, I, I think that the Celtics are setting up a really, really nice foundation to be just ridiculous next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, year two, Tatum you know, year three Brown. I think that next year is the is the year. And they they they're, they they showed a little early, you know, the Kyrie factor and everything mm-hmm. like that. But I just think they're not going to sustain that uh, over the over the course of the of the season. And I also think we're seeing a regression. Like you said, the, the East is looking a little better. It is. It is. But we're also seeing, you know, when we last discuss, did this sort of exercise, the West was pretty bleak. And sure. Yeah. That has almost totally turned around. Right. And now we're seeing something closer to what we – expected that's fair um larger sample what size. i what i will say about the celtics is that uh they have played uh a lot of games they're tired for sure yeah they've played 39 games so far um you know that's four more than cleveland that's five more than toronto yeah that's four more than golden state six more than houston yeah, yeah um, they, they need a break yeah and it's all because they've got this london game coming up um but, uh, uh, yeah, they have a real front-loaded schedule. So I think once they have more time for practice and once they have, uh, they're getting a little bit more of a, a reasonable amount of rest, I think you'll see um, a little bit more consistency out of them. Also, uh, in the Brad Stevens era, era the, they've always really kind of tended to do better towards the end of seasons as Brad sort of figures things out. Hmm. So... I'm not convinced that we're seeing uh, a regression that will hold. I think I think this might be just uh, sort of... The dip uh, in the road. Yeah, this might be a little bit of a dog days uh, in the midst of an intense schedule. And I think we still might... I think this team can still surprise people. But, By the way, just completely crazy to me that in their 70-something year, 71st year, something like that, they mm-hmm. had their first home game on Christmas Day. I know, isn't that ridiculous? That's insane because I mean, yeah. it, I mean, they are—they have been a marquee team at so many different eras. 
Like it just seems I think it was the first one at the TD Garden. I believe there was one in the 50s at the, uh, the old At the garden. old Boston Garden? Yeah. Okay, that so, makes slightly more sense. Yeah. I, I believe the story is that Red Auerbach never wanted to have them in Boston because he didn't want uh, all the, the people that worked at the arena to have to work on Christmas. Oh. Well, if that's true, that does continue the legend of Red Auerbach being a pretty decent dude. Yeah, pretty nice guy who didn't give a crap about people who worked for other teams. <laughs> That's, that is a good point that I hadn't really thought about. <laughs> also, the players, of course. I, don't, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I like that each sport league, you know, has one holiday, or at least the NBA and NFL have one holiday that they that they make people work on, mm-hmm. um, and not, uh, not all of them. Because that does suck. Like, it's just like, I mean, I know they get paid a ton of money, but man, especially if you're on the road. You know, it's really. I think it's really nice, though. Yeah, you're right. Everyone should be able to enjoy the holidays. But I mean, a these guys get most of the summer off. I know they're working out. I know they're not just like like unemployed Arik getting up <laughs> at eleven. And... Oh man, you have my number. <laughs> but but you know, um, they 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 get they get a whole summer off, and they uh, do. They do like. If I can take away all my empathy for a moment, it's it's really nice. On Christmas, there's just basketball all day, and I oh, love yeah, it. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. And I don't get to, I never get to watch as much as of it as I want because my dumb family wants to spend time with me. But uh, just be Jewish like me. No problem solved. No problem. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's really fun. I like it. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. So we've <laughs> we've gone on our tangent. Please. Continue what you were saying. Uh, what was the next game? It was the Thunder versus Oh, the, the Thunder the Rockets. Rockets, yeah. Um, that one was, I mean, I don't know. I'm not the right person to talk about it, but it, it obviously both Harden and Westbrook played great. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think, uh, you know, the Thunder have been on a on a tear lately. Um, definitely it's, it seems it's, like they figured it out. It's hard more. to know what to make of it with the Rockets' swoon, though. The, the Thunder are 8-10 and 10 over the last 10. But the Rockets have lost five in a row, you know? Yeah, no Chris Paul. Um, mm-hmm. Tough, a little bit of a, well, was it a tough schedule? Let's take a look at their schedule. They lost to, no. <laughs> they, <laughs> they lost They lost to the, the Lakers. Uh, they lost to the Clippers. And in, and they lost to the Clippers by 10. They lost to that, that Thunder game, which was close. They lost by one to your Celtics. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they lost by giving, like, giving up a twenty six point lead. Right, that was a crazy game. And then they lost by like eighteen to the Wizards. So yeah. it has not been a good uh, stretch for them. And yeah, it is sort of hard to tell what's kind of going on, except that um, again, there some injuries. And although I mean, they don't really have a lot of injuries. Nene stated day. Troy Williams is out. Um, Chris Paul, of course, is is out. But that. Paul played the uh, Wizards game. What's up? Paul played the uh, Wizards game. Yes, it, but it you know he. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I um, think it's uh, I think it's too early to panic. They've looked very very impressive this season, but uh, it is it's definitely a rough hatch. Yeah, at the same time that San Antonio has started to come on. Yeah. Right? So um, San Antonio is has won three in a row. Kawhi's back, right? And they they look um, they look pretty good. They're only yeah. two games back in the loss column, tied in the wins with Houston. So, that, especially because those are two teams that are in the same division, that's going to be uh, interesting. Rudy Gay out for like two weeks, but I'm not sure that that really changes anything. <laughs> Danny Green might be a bigger loss, but man, Lamarcus Aldridge has looked really good. He's having a great year. Yeah, um, he's looking more like yeah. he did for the Blazers. It's really a, a, a testimony to how important patience is in the NBA. Because if you looked at it last year, everyone thought, "Oh, this is such a terrible." fit they should trade him they should bail on this the lamarcus aldridge experiment isn't working and sometimes it takes time you know um, yeah, i think we think we have this like video game fantasy mentality that you just throw all these guys together and it, it it's almost never borne out by reality yeah. right and uh, by the way i just want to mention that 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 yes the spurs are on a three game win streak but their wins were against the kings nets and knicks so let's let's not overreact to that either sure um, yeah. they did beat the blazers uh that was probably their best win of the last like six or yeah, actually, they haven't had a quality win since they beat the Celtics, which was quite a while ago. Oof, that was a rough one. Yeah, but, um, yeah. well, not for me. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think it just took a while. You know, and, and Aldridge, of course, is famously kind of a complicated guy. Um, a bit mercurial, 
right? Yeah. So I think it, yeah, I think it just took a little while to to integrate. But I mean, the Spurs, yeah, they they are they are the model of sort of patient execution and system and believing in the long haul. You know, it'll all kind of work out, and it's so they far are it has excellent. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to talk about the last Christmas game because it was no, boring, it was, it was and you didn't watch it. I didn't even watch it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, we have the Rockets in a little bit of a swoon. We have the Thunder yep. in a little bit of a surge. Other yep. teams, you know. The Wolves in San Antonio have looked pretty good. Um, the Bulls kind of the rest of the Western good. Conference, yeah. it's, it's a mixed bag. Do you, you know, the, the story a week ago was, can Houston go toe-to-toe with Golden State? Can anyone um, go toe-to-toe with Golden State? Uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I agree with, um, I agree with uh, Simmons that they really hope they don't see Oklahoma City Thunder before they see the Warriors in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't know that, that we're guaranteed a Warriors Rockets Western Conference Finals. I think it really this year it's going to really depend on the seedings. I I I feel like Houston, if they're at full strength and if Harden isn't exhausted like he is every year in the playoffs, I think they have as good a chance as anyone. I mean, Oklahoma City has talent, but they haven't really demonstrated. I know again that they're surging a little bit, but it's just a little stretch of the season, you know. There, there are some serious issues with that team. Um, yeah, but so their I guess defense we'll see. is great. Their defense is phenomenal. And that's kind of where I'm more coming down, that I just think that um, they, they will defend really well, against the, mm-hmm. specifically against the Rockets. Um, I also think the Spurs cannot be ruled out. I mean, I, I don't think that the, the – if the playoffs started today, right, I don't think the T-Wolves, the Nuggets, uh, the Blazers, or the Pelicans are going to do any damage. But mm-hmm. By the way, do you believe the Clippers are in ninth place right now? It's not – that bad <laughs> like, yeah I mean, no they could they could end up making the playoffs after all and that would be something that's the, wild uh, apocalyptic stretch they had with that yeah, yeah. griffin They're but they climbing. looked uh they looked really good last night um they've had some great games from my man austin rivers my boy tia dosich <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we'll see um i feel like they're gonna i don't know whether they make the playoffs in one of those bottom two seeds or not they should do something severe with their roster this year, and they probably won't because they no, just never do. But it's time, right? I think so. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Can you just keep rolling it back? I. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like what? Yeah, that gets into the whole conversation about what's the point. <laughs> what? What are, what are you really trying to achieve? What's the goal? Well, you, you know, just gave that huge contract to Griffin, that? who's like what 27, 26? 27, I think. Let me check. But uh, obviously, an old twenty-seven, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Blake Griffin was born in 1989, making him 28. So, jeez. Yeah. I know. Wow. What were they thinking? So, <laughs> <laughs> I think they were thinking they needed to put butts in seats. So your window, um, yeah, I mean, from a business perspective, it's great. you got a, a superstar that's really beloved there in Blake Griffin, and that will probably put some butts in seats. But you can't really – you can't really – totally rebuilt you know you can't go with the youth movement because your highest paid player for the next four and a half years is not young in nba terms and will not be young at the end of that contract so it's not like they can trade all the other assets they have um of which there aren't many uh for young players you know that's not really gonna work so yeah they're, they're in an interesting position and they'll probably never trade blake um no probably not it's kind of I mean, an, it raises a really interesting conversation, which is like if you were the GM of any team, Clippers or any other team, and you were in that. Situation, you're cutting out again. I hope this is I hope this is Skype and not uh and not uh oh no, this is definitely you did Skype. cut out again. So please please repeat what you just definitely said. Definitely Skype. Um, uh, if you were the GM of any team, uh-huh. not necessarily the Warriors, uh, the Clippers, just any team, mm-hmm. and you were in the same situation where it's like you have a obviously flawed roster. With some level of talent, but probably not enough. You know, we're, this uh-huh. is teams like the Raptors, the 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 Clippers, the Jazz. You know, there's a lot of teams like that. You know, there's teams that have nothing, right? But these teams that are in the middle, that that dangerous middle ground. Like, what what do you do, right? Like, there's it's a very well, difficult position to be in. First of all, I love hypotheticals, so thank you. You're welcome. Second of all, I think it's a little bit of a slam to lump Toronto in. They're not really a middle team. No, they're a top team, but they're not good enough. Yeah. I just mean if you have a team that is not going to win a championship, 
Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean like, oh, we have a chance. Maybe Toronto's outside that category because if everything broke right, maybe they have a chance. But so let's 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 throw them out. But teams like okay. the Clippers or the Pelicans or the you know teams that are regularly in the sort of six to ten range in the in the in the league. You know, not I think bottoming out, they're not going to win. I think that there's always underutilized talent in the NBA. Um, there are, there's always these sort of like, uh, these sleeping giants, you know, like, like, like Victor Oladipo, you know, Mm -hmm. no one would have seen him as a high value asset. Um, and good for Indiana to kind of recognize that this was a guy who could blossom in the right situation. You know, if I, if I was a GM, if I was running the Clippers, especially if I was a GM and a, a complete blow up wasn't really feasible i would be really targeting players like that because i think that's what where you get a lot of value and i think that's where you can kind of uh accelerate the rebuild process to some extent i mean sorry to always make this about the celtics but look at (laughs) look at the (laughs) look at the isaiah thomas acquisition you know yeah that was a guy who was in the wrong situation who had a lot of potential and uh the celtics saw it they brought him on and he you know he exceeded their expectation I'm so not for saying you, for you sorry? the market for you the market inefficiency right now to use a moneyball term is guys who have been um, placed in a bad situation or who have not who maybe have skills that are whose maybe best skills are not what the team they're on needs. Yeah, I think I think if you look around the league, I think if you look at you know uh, teams that aren't great at uh, uh, managing their rosters, I think there's there are candidates for these sort of like a uh, uh, kind of transformative seasons like we've seen, you know, like how many guys have to leave Oklahoma city and be better before we realize that maybe a lot of their role players deserve a better chance. You know, yeah. um, I think, uh, I think that kind of stuff is out there. So the, the, the answer to your question is I, I wouldn't tank if I was any of those teams. I mean, um, yeah, Utah, I wouldn't tank LA. I wouldn't tank. Uh, I, I would be trying to, I, I would be targeting people like that. Because what you don't want to do is overpay. Like, look at the Clippers with Danilo Gallinari, you know? They overpaid for a guy who's a little bit too old, um, and they they took the gamble that he'd be a little bit healthier uh, unwisely, and, of course, he's he's had an injury-plagued season, and they wasted all this money on him. Yeah, I so you are, that's a good like point that you bring up, because you were kind of ignoring, in your advice, you were kind of ignoring one difficult position is that the the teams like the clippers who are so tax uh capped out right yeah Yeah. burdened by tax and capped out by the salary cap it's really hard you know i mean you're i don't remember what i mean indiana got victor oladipo in a trade right and Mm -hmm. and sabonis as well they the clippers don't have anyone if they if they trade anyone in that kind of position that you're talking about probably dj right um yeah and that's really their only asset to trade of any value, uh-huh. um, and so you know you got to be really careful with that because he is kind of the other sort of foundational. But he's yeah he's foundational and he's a big part of what they do. But the reality is he's kind of a little bit of a throwback center. And so the then you build is... you're you're building your team around Blake, who's ext- also extremely injury prone. Sure, but maybe so if I if I'm the GM of the Clippers like I mean it's it could this these things can't be done overnight but maybe you use DeAndre to maybe unload another contract um he's still a pretty desirable player and, and you get some like young younger assets who do you package um, with Gal- Gallinari then probably that might be tough because what's Gallinari on the books for? How many Gallinari, years? Gallinari, he's making twenty million a year. I'm Oof. trying to remember, which is, <laughs> by the way, completely insane. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I don't remember what his. Uh... Oh, he has three years remaining on his deal. Oh, jeez, that is. Yeah, that is. It might be in rough shape. Oof. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's really difficult. You know, I mean, they have, they don't have a lot of youth, right? They, their, mm-hmm. um, their youngest player is is. Uh, 21, um, which is okay, but they, the next youngest guy is like 23, right? Is that they Austin have, Rivers? <laughs> Austin Rivers is 25 years old, so you would consider him a part of your future if he wasn't Austin effing Rivers, yeah, right? I can't believe um, he's the same age as Kyrie. That's, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, there's just not a lot of 
real obvious. You know, I mean, they got Willie Reed, who's kind of interesting. I really like Milos Teodosic, but he's also 30. Um, and also mm-hmm. injury. Pr- you know what I mean? They've got this, like, very brittle. Their three best players, or or two of their three best players, are serious injury risks every season. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, they're, some of their role players as well. I, I mean, their, their combined salary for the team is pretty intense. Plus, they're, you know... Is, G, is Doc still the GM? No, who's the GM of this team at this point? No, they, I forget the guy's name, but they took away his uh, GM right duties. over the. But the, over the a lot of the damage has already been done. So yeah, and that's yeah. What, and that's why I think we saw a very we saw this mini renaissance of these red Auerbach style coach GM splits, and then that has pretty much gone away almost instantly because it's just a bad idea in most cases, right? I mean, yeah. those jobs are not mutually. They're just there's too much. Uh, involved. I mean, they've you know, I guess the, the the example of where the Clippers have done well was getting Lou Williams, right? That's kind of the exact kind of move you're talking about. Where mm-hmm. and a was, lot of people are saying that's someone they could package in a, a deal, maybe to get something. Yeah, he's 31 years old. Um, he has he's pretty much their only other offense. He's only got one year remaining on his deal, and he only makes seven million. So he's actually probably one of their better assets. Yeah, from so a, maybe from use an that asset perspective to unload someone else. I don't know. I I just feel like yeah. you can't do the same thing. Um, and I feel like they're not really a tank candidate, so I would just find a way. And sometimes it's a, it's a slow, long process, but you have to find a way to kind of shed some salary and add some of those, uh, undervalued prospects to your team. And who knows but so what happens at that point, are you kind of going for like a 2004 Detroit Pistons approach in your best case, right? Cause you don't have a transformational superstar, assuming that Blake is uh you know getting older losing his athleticism and probably is no longer a top what is he a top 20 player maybe i think he i think he's yeah i think he's top 20 top 25 when he's healthy so i mean, I mean you, you have to assume that the guy that you're paying all that money to you got you got to build around the idea that he's going to be healthy right yeah i guess so yeah and you got to assume that he is your transformational star because if you're not assuming that, why did you just give him that ridiculous contract? Well, <laughs> but let's say you come in tomorrow, right? You know, uh-huh. now announcing uh, Herb is the new GM of the Clippers. You didn't make that decision. That's true. Yeah. So if, it's okay. Like, like seriously, if I was the GM and Steve Ballmer said you can do whatever you want, yeah, I would try to find a way to maybe move Blake, and that would probably be a really tough sell. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that's like a really bad contract that they they made in desperation and uh it, it looks kind of bad now and if the next few years are like this and all of a sudden he's on the wrong side of 30 that's going to be a real albatross of the contract yeah it does look like his salary might decrease which is sort of interesting is that true no i was just looking at the wrong one five years 30 million oh my god i know who would take him who new york city him? oh yeah well new york isn't the new york it used to be but um that is the problem, right? There aren't as many stupid teams yeah. these days who are willing to take these these guys. I mean, I, you know, I mean, other well, than let's like, say the, the other side of it. Let's say you're, I don't know, uh, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're a really really good team that's one star player short. Would you roll the dice on Blake Griffin if you could get him for a reasonable price, a young prospect, a future asset? Well, that's a really interesting question. Uh, let's take a look. I want to actually follow this thread because that's sort of a really – I find that really interesting. So let's look at the, mm-hmm. the San Antonio Spurs roster. Now, they need to they, they, are, they need to make up uh, something like – we're not going to deal with the fact that I don't know what the cap situation is exactly for any of these teams. Yeah. So let's, let's pretend that they need to make up something like 20, $29 million in salary. Mm-hmm. Who are – I mean, I think it's really interesting. I think uh, – so if, if you're going to get Blake – First of all, are you for sure giving up on LaMarcus Aldridge at that point? Because they play the same position. Unless you think that Aldridge is just going to be your center. Yeah, I think you. I think you're at that point. You're looking at kind of so you move ha- mixing them up then. as like a you, you. You have small. Yeah, you'd move Gasol. You move Gasol. That's uh, sixteen million. So that's actually a pretty good start. Um, and I, I mean, I like Danny Green a lot, but he does make ten a year. Um, maybe Danny I Green guess, is like could be extremely useful to a lot of. Uh, uh, hopeful teams no so i'm saying i guess you either have to give up on you have to give danny green or patty mills you have to move mm-hmm. off one of those guys um so your team at that point is one of those two guys uh and no pow and griffin 
I mean, we're assuming, of course, also that any of this is possible. But mm-hmm. just from a roster perspective, um, that's interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Oklahoma's really near Texas. Uh, I think Griffin would fit in well there. Uh, I think the Spurs have shown an ability to keep guys healthy. The Spurs, of course, have shown an ability to inter- integrate guys. I mean, I think that would be great for the Spurs. They get the I, most out of their dudes, yeah. They, I think that would be great for the Spurs. The, I'm not sure what the—I guess the Clippers are just getting off the contract. Uh, maybe there's like a third team involved, or I, because the Spurs obviously, uh, the Clippers have obviously have no interest in Pau Gasol. Maybe they want to keep. Maybe the maybe the Clippers keep Mills or Green. That's not a bad. Although at that point, Mills and Green are both roughly thirty, so that's not really in line with their time. But maybe for the year or two, whoever whoever has a shorter contract, you take that one. Yeah, and uh, and you move Pau. Either you buy out Pau, or you uh, try to move him on. Um, probably a buyout, I would guess. That's interesting. Uh, it definitely gets and what about, a uh, lot of money. Yeah. What about some of these other franchises that can never get star players in free agency? What if you're Phoenix? Phoenix is a really interesting one uh, because yeah, they have no cho- no 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 choice really. Ja- the Jazz are also an interesting one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Sacramento would do it, but they shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 but yeah, or Charlotte. Charlotte's an interesting one where it's like. Again, yeah. Although I think the Charlotte long-term plan is just hoping that Steph Curry really wants to go home. <laughs> I feel bad about Charlotte. You know, we've been wrong about a lot of things uh, yes. over the course of this uh, we, podcast. We usually are wrong. And I always go to bat for Charlotte, and they're just like, oh, man, 13 and 22. They're, Come on, guys. They're not great. I mean, Dwight had that massive game last night to beat the uh, Hornet, uh, to beat the Warriors. Yeah, that was, was pretty really fun. A, Badass, yeah, badass performance. Throwback. Yeah. I like. By the way, for whatever reason, maybe he has lost weight or is in better shape. But in the Hornets uniform, he just looks more athletic to me. Dwight Howard. Yeah, he looks yeah, younger I mean, and more fit. athletic. Yeah. No, I mean he was always a Adonis, right? He was a you yeah. know was cut, but like he just looks really good in that uniform. Some guys just look right in certain cities. You know, that's true. Yeah. Gear. The 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 stats for the Hornets are not great. They're sort of middle of the pack points per game, low on assists, low on points allowed. They're high on rebounds, which is not surprising given, you know, yeah. the fact that they have Dwight Howard. But they're just kind of not really in a great state in any sort of thing. They're they're like you said, they're thirteen and twenty two with a with a what's their what's their point differential? It's uh it is negative one point eight, so obviously that's not great. Uh and they've been really mediocre in Charlotte. Um although yeah, better than they have been on the road. Team. They're not really a good home team or road team. <laughs> ten and ten at home, <laughs> three and twelve on the road. I mean, they're currently in what ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. Three and twelve place. on the road. One of those is in Oakland. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and I mean, really, everyone thought they were going to kind of booking their way to another sixth seed, maybe seventh. You know, something like that. Certainly challenging for the playoffs this year. We thought so. Well, I mean, they're only uh, what like five games back of a playoff spot. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's we're still only we haven't even hit the All Star break yet. So anything. The standings at the end of the season will likely look very, very different from this. But none of their numbers, none of their sort of... I wouldn't say we go as far as advanced metrics on this show as of yet, but none of mm-hmm. their sort of metrics <laughs> look... Are promising. Yeah, are particularly uh, promising. They currently have a playoff odd of 7.6% according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index, but that doesn't really mean much. Well, they still they have a lot of talent, and... Uh, they do. They've got a good coach. I do. So I like their coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. They're... But yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. Yeah, uh, please. I was just going to say, teams like that seem to always be willing to overpay for star players because they can't usually get them. Um, yeah. I mean, Dwight, that's kind of why they have Dwight, right? And right. Dwight is is kind of more a former star, really, than a star. But uh, By the yeah, way, they're, not, they're not, not going to really. sign, you know... They're not going to sign Anthony Davis in free agency in a two and a half years, so they might as no. well go for you know if someone like Blake becomes available, even though maybe it's not in their best interest. I feel like teams like Charlotte bite bite on those deals most of the time. Yeah, uh, Malik Monk not really not really lighting the league up. Yeah, well he's a rookie, you know, and as we established in our long Levar Ball discussion a few weeks ago, like you got to give these guys time. Totally. Uh, I yeah. mean, look at Frank Kaminsky; he's having a much better year. Yeah. 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 Um, Speaking yeah. of uh, people in the East that are out of the playoffs, what about this Chicago thing that's going on right now? Crazy. 
Yeah. And I mean, especially because uh, it's apparently mostly credited to Miritich deciding he was okay with Bobby Portis. Yeah, they're like getting along. Yeah, they don't talk off the court, but yeah, they're getting along on the court. They're both playing really well. It's uh, it's fun, dude. Like they beat the Celtics, um, and they they look really good. Um, they beat the Celtics I, bad. They beat the Celtics yeah, they by twenty three. But then we killed them, so you know. That is whatever. true. Oh, whoa, yes, you did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they they look good, and it's fun, you know. Um, Laurie Markkinen hope, looks really good. I hope that they keep nurturing this and cultivating this because they were a tank candidate, and uh, yeah, tanking just stinks. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> tanking is definitely the worst. Laurie Markkinen, on the other hand, unlike Malik Monk, is looking real legit. Yeah, yeah, he definitely looks like a top five rookie, and a lot of people thought that was a, a horrible, horrible pick. Yeah. Uh, so far, so good. Man, that dude makes three point eight million dollars. Glory marketing. Yeah, that's more money than I make. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, you you caught you you caught the the, the cut the of my gym. <laughs> oh yeah, the subtext. Yeah, the the Bulls have been fun. I don't know. This has been a fun season so far. Like this, you know, as we're wrapping up. The point of this podcast, we said last time, was to wrap up 2017, right? So yeah, it's like the first few months of the season. It's just arbitrary New Year deadline thing. Um, if we, yeah, if we can go in a more kind of broad sense, I, I think that we both would make the same point that this has been a really enjoyable season. You yeah. know, there's a there's still kind of the clear cut top dog in the West. Uh, yes, still the same, maybe a little bit less so in the East. But outside of that, we have a lot of kind of interesting storylines and teams that seem to be getting a little better, while other teams get a little bit worse. But it you know, on, on any given night, um, it feels like most games can be fairly competitive. Now, they, they in many times are not, but, uh, you know, Charlotte beating Golden State uh, last night in Oakland, you know, that was a, that was a fun game. And uh, I feel like we're getting a lot of that kind of stuff out of the season, and that's, that's really great to see. Yeah, I mean, the highest win percentage right now is 78%, which I, you know, we don't have a team like the Warriors from, you know, two years ago who are just, to, you know, just winning every single game. And everyone looks vulnerable on any given night or could be vulnerable on any given mm-hmm. night. And that is that is really enjoyable. And you see stuff like that with, like with the Rockets where they're surging and then they got a losing streak. You know, or the Bulls who are losing a ton and then suddenly had that, what, eight or nine game winning streak. So it's, I mean, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a really fun season so far. 2017 has been uh, really enjoyable. There was a lot of turnover in the off season and it's kind of played out in, sometimes surprising ways like with Oklahoma City and sometimes yeah. pretty really surprising ways like with Boston after the Gordon Hayward injury and mm-hmm. sometimes fairly predictably but it's it's like been a lot of fun the clippers <laughs> what's that i said uh, like the clippers was pretty yeah, predictable like the yeah. yeah yeah that was pretty predictable memphis though that was a somewhat of a surprise to me at least yeah and definitely a bummer that was but, super bummer yeah yeah man yeah. they're uh Oof, they're last in the West right now. They're last in the West, yeah. They're 11 and 24, three, uh-huh. 31% winning, winning percentage, negative 3.7 point differential. I mean, whew, 7 and 12 at home, 4 and 12 on the road. They are, they're not, um, I mean, they've had, obviously, they've had some serious injury issues, right? Although some of yeah. those, like Chandler Parsons, is to be expected. Um, yep, that's another guy. Yeah. Why did they pay him? Yeah, oh God. Chandler Parsons, man. It's but it's cool too, though, because go back to the broader point. Like I think if you look at uh, if you look at what's likely to happen in this off season, we could have a, a whole new shakeup. You know, this could mm-hmm. really this year could kind of really stand out as an anomaly because he, you know, it's likely for Paul George to move. People think that LeBron might end up moving somewhere. Um, there's always some big surprising trade. Like there could be this could be like sort of the first step. And a sort of a huge two-season roster swing, and that is always fun, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think we've 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 started to accept the idea that those those tra- those superstars are not going to stay with their team for their whole careers, and and I think you know that's not a bad thing necessarily. I mean, it's maybe bad for you if you're a fan of a team, but uh, I think uh, you know we don't have that sort of '80s '90s world where every team has sort of one great player and it's sort of all the other guys that are sort of being shifted around. Yeah, Instead, I think the hope is around. that. I think the hope is that teams need to to realize that you you got to do work to hold on to these superstars, you know, yeah. or they'll leave. You know, you have to you have to 
show that you're improving. You have to show that you have vision and you have to show that you're going to support, uh, you know, with both the coaching staff and, and with other player personnel that you're going to support your star or yeah, they should be able to leave. You know, that's why Kawhi Leonard is still in, in San Antonio, right? They've done exactly. Everything right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I do enjoy know, that. Yeah, I do too. I think it's good. And I think ultimately for the health of the league and just for the overall quality of play, I think that that should result in, in a better overall product. And, and so far we've had that this year. It's been a really, really compelling season. Yeah. Cool. And I'm not just saying that because the Celtics uh, won 29 <laughs> games. <laughs> no, no. I will say this for all the listeners out there who do not personally know Herb, so this really is not for any of you. Um, uh, he is just as excited when the Celtics are terrible. Um, That's true. As long as there is a plan. Yes. That's yeah, you a, really enjoyed it. A couple years ago when they were pretty bad, but but Stevens had the young guys playing a lot, you were loving it. Especially once they traded Rondo. Oh. <laughs> Who had a monster game, by the way. 25 assists. I mean, crazy. There was one thing that I was right about in our, our preview episode. Mm-hmm. I talked about how I was really excited about Rondo being with the Pelicans because even though he wasn't the guy he used to be, he was still capable of, of being a really exciting player, and, and uh, yeah, he got twenty five assists. Although, did did you watch um did you watch any of that game or the highlights? I did. I watched some of the highlights. Yeah, all all of his assists are from the top of the key, and he's just kind of standing there, and then he just <laughs> whips it at somebody. <laughs> yeah, he's not quite the he's not Tio Dosiching it up there, but um, y- you know. It's nice to see that. I like those throwback games. I like being reminded that Rondo still plays basketball. <laughs> he's fun. And I think he's, yeah. you know, I think there was a thought for a while that he could maybe be the best player on a team and lead a team. And that clearly he just does not have no uh, the emotional maturity or really the talent to, to be the guy. But, you know, now he's playing with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. And I, I think that's a role that suits him better. He's kind of like an ultimate, um, you know. Yeah, super role player. Yeah, super role player, and uh, we're getting a little bit of that out of him this year. And I, 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 you know, I'll obviously always have a soft spot for Rondo, even though I was really happy when they finally traded him. Um, and it's it's fun to see. I would really like the Pelicans to make the playoffs. I, I I feel like their future in New Orleans is very much at stake. And while that might be good for me as a basketball fan without a team, I would prefer we get a team through expansion. And I don't want really want anyone to move. So I um, would like to see the Pelicans sort of cement their place in their market. They do not do very well. Let's say uh, hypothetically you're the GM of mm. the Pelicans. Okay. What what would you want to see for their roster? Like say two years from now, is Demarcus still there? <sighs> yes. Interesting. I think so. I mean, you know, he's only 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Anthony Davis have looked much more in- interesting together this year. They complement um, each other uh, a lot better than I thought they exactly. would. Exactly, and I think that they, um, the growth potential there to as they keep becoming, you know, I think uh, some roster stability around those two guys would be really nice. Um, it obviously makes things a little challenging, but they do have some interesting guys. I mean, I'm an Ian Clark fan. I think he's he's got potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, I, I, I mean, Drew Holiday is not really the answer to any question that I want to ask, but... He's not. He's not bad, right? He's just sort of middle of the pack. I mean, I think they. You know, they need to. Uh, if I were them, I think I would be looking to. Well, I mean, they're definitely a couple players away. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Um, unless some of these guys really blossom, but I mean, yeah, shooting guard is not their strength. But it's hard to find a good shooting guard. I think they're they're good at they're fine at point guard. Um, and obviously power forward and, and center. So at that point, your small forward needs are kind of a little bit less important just because you have that so much of the gravity is taken up by the um, your front line. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think, uh, you know, maybe a little more youth, try to balance it out. I mean, they've never really done that. They've, they've made the sort of first Cavaliers with LeBron mistake of never really building anyone around Anthony Davis. So, I mean, DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins is almost the first, even remotely within his age range and appropriate alternative player they've even had right i mean it's the best player that he's ever played with for sure. yeah i mean tyree gevins was probably number two on that list right so <laughs> it's not um so i think that's really interesting but yeah i mean they're they're obviously sort of a bottom eight team which is good but how you move up that list i mean davis obviously needs to be healthy he's another guy where that is a real question yeah um, yeah it, that's scary too you know a lot of people 
and Boston seem to think there's going to be some magical trade to get Anthony Davis. And I don't see I'm, that at all. I, I agree. I think it's like, unless they want to totally gut the team, but I don't know why you would do that. Um, I think if they gut the team, they're not going to be in New Orleans. That's what I'm saying to you. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't see it happening. <laughs> yeah. Those I, uh, small market teams, just it's not a good play. I hope they hold on to Anthony Davis. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge, huge Anthony Davis fan. Yeah, he's I really wonderful. hope that, uh, yeah, he's, he's great. He's transcendently good. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to see them build, but it is hard. I, I They're actually quite a, a little bit like the Clippers, only in a slightly better um, place. They they have a really weird mixture of, I mean, it's it, there's not an obvious easy fix like there are with some teams. They're kind of well, just, Give me an example of an easy fix. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe I'm totally being ridiculous and hyperbolic <laughs> and there's no easy fixes. Because I'm thinking, like, what would the Blazers do? What would, I mean, the Celtics have an easy fix. Gordon Hayward gets healthy. But yeah, the Celtics are looking like they're in pretty good shape for, for the Celtics years. still could make moves. I mean, you know, first of all, you never know with Danny. Uh, Danny Ainge, I guess I shouldn't just call him Danny. I don't know the man. Um, but also, uh, uh, they have, I mean, draft picks galore, young talent. I mean, the Celtics The Celtics are, that's insane. I mean, they, they made these big deals over the summer, brought in two transformational players, and are still not out of moves. Yeah. They, they have done probably... Not to mention the their, their rookies probably... Uh, second or third best rookie. Yeah, I mean, um, Ben Simmons is obviously number one. But after that, and as a true rookie, because obviously Simmons missed last year, yeah. Tatum is right up there. It's pretty exciting, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean... They've drafted yeah. well. They've traded well. They've um, they've done some... I mean, obviously it all comes from that one trade in some ways. Yeah, that really transformed the franchise, the, the Brooklyn trade. Yeah, so I don't know what... Yeah. I mean, if you're like... If you're one of these other teams, sort of like, you know... I'm not sure that's really a replicable strategy, but I mean, no and one, also saying do no, everything. No well. team is ever going to give up three uh, unprotected first round draft picks, picks unprotected unpe- for anyone again, especially not for what the Celtics gave up. Maybe no. if you could get Anthony Davis for that, <laughs> but uh, no. I mean, yeah. I think you, you for aging players. I mean, that, oh my lord, that was such a perfect storm. But so I mean, I don't think that's replicable, and I also don't think do everything right is replicable. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know you do see uh, little little pieces every year. I mean you know they, these guys drafted late in the first round who land. I mean you 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 know every draft pick you make, you don't have to make it on every single one, but you have to over the course of years you have to have at least some successes, right? You cannot be the 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 the, the Sacramento Kings and just continually drafting the worst yeah. guys every year. There are there are teams who are really poor at drafting and 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 the Sacramento Kings are probably the all stars of that. Yeah. They've uh, they they've just, really they, swung and missed. If they pick a guy, a it's probably the wrong picks. guy. Although De'Aaron Fox yeah. looks all right, but if they if they pick a guy, it's probably the wrong guy. <laughs> it's just it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's like every year. It's just like how I mean, obviously when um when uh, what's his name um, Con David Con was in Minnesota, that was obviously yeah. the most famous example. But he was not there that long. Yeah. Is there just long enough to really mess everything up? And is there just long enough to draft two people before Steph Curry? Two people, one of whom is not in the league <laughs> and was not. And the other one is not on their team. <laughs> very, very quickly, and the other one is not on their team. Yeah. It's just. And they were both point guards. Oh, my God. It's incredible. It uh, is you incredible. Know, no one knew. Uh, no one knew back then. I mean. No, but Johnny the Flynn was, was there and the promise was there. But, yeah. Johnny Flynn is really... Although, I've heard rumors that it was really injuries with him. And, you know, there's always an explanation for everyone. But even if you say that Johnny Flynn was amazing and could have been Steph Curry minus the injuries, you still drafted two point guards back-to-back. It seems so easy when you're yeah. on the other side of yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. I wonder, I I wonder what it's really like, how these guys end up overthinking these things and, and making these... Ter- what seem to us, like, just patent terrible decisions, you know? Well, I think you're sitting in a... You're in a world where there's 29 other people who are trying to beat you at a game and you're playing two and they're all really good and really smart maybe not all but a lot of them are and yeah. i think it's really easy to to try to be too clever because we and we also praise you when that cleverness pays off yeah you make a move no one expected you get a guy you know you get a draymond green or something and it's like holy moly you can do no wrong and it's like well but then you start overthinking these things and you think you're you think you found some you know you think you're the 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 your jay triano discovering a rule no one knew in the nba for 20 years right and you're not yeah yeah it's interesting well we're getting uh, we're getting yeah. kind of to the yeah, time yeah. where we'd like to uh where we like to call it but i just want to say um i think we are in agreement that it, it's just been a 
really cool season so far, and uh, we hope that uh, we hope everyone is enjoying it as much as we are, and we hope you all had a great uh, great holiday and have a safe and happy new year. Yeah, and and, so we'll uh, be back in 2018. We'll be back in 2018 with yeah. our, our resolutions in place. <laughs> to continue dropping this kind of knowledge, I say very sarcastically, on the world. My New Year's resolution is for this to become a top 90 basketball podcast. Honestly, if we get from 100 to 99, I will feel like a success. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in terms of uh, listenership, by the way. That's overall quality. Quality. We're just talking about quality, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, all right, my friend. Uh, are right, you uh, are you doing anything special tomorrow? Uh, lowercase s special. Cool. Well, I hope you have a great uh, New Year. Yeah, you too. Yeah, be safe out there. It gets a little crazy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep it in the hood. Not uh, yeah, I, I I would have bet money on that. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go see this band uh, that I really like play at Slims, but it turns out they're opening. And it's like a sixty dollars show, and I don't uh, want to spend that kind of money. So that's whatever. The worst. What band? Uh, do you know Big Business? A name does sound familiar, but I don't know if I actually know it or not. They were sort of born out of. Uh, uh, they kind of like were part of the Melvins uh, okay. touring company for a while. It's good. They, they've got one album that I think is really, really fantastic. That's about ten years old now. But uh, I mean, probably not worth the sixty then. Yeah, I'm not going to pay sixty bucks for it. Yeah, I believe um, we're currently deciding between. Um, we have a dinner reservation. Uh, and then we're deciding between going to um, a family friend rents a hotel room on the Embarcadero every night to watch the fire every year to watch the fireworks. Uh huh. So we might do that, or we might just stay in and watch movies. Don't go to come into San Francisco and then. Go I know. Doesn't that sound that insane? Like a nightmare. It just getting there, getting out, gonna be awful. Dude, watch a movie for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably what we'll do. We're pretty lazy. All right. Well, you keep it safe. You keep it happy, and yep. I can't wait to uh, talk more basketball. Sounds good, very man. Soon. Eight.